Christmas, everybody. This is Heidi St. John, and I am coming to you from my little corner of the internet on Christmas Eve. You guys, it's Christmas Eve. Today is Thursday, December the 24th, and I'm going to do something a little bit different than we normally do. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Thanks for tuning in today. Probably going to do a little bit shorter of a podcast for you guys today because I'm hoping that uh, as you're listening to this, you're just gearing up to spend some time with your kids. Maybe you guys are going to go to some Christmas uh, Eve services. We are doing that. My husband and I can be found tonight at Radiant Church in Camas for their Christmas Eve service. I know lots of people are doing them this year. And so, uh, wow, what a time to celebrate, isn't it? Time to celebrate the freedom that God has given us, the gift that he has given us in Jesus. And I hope you guys are going to be doing that tonight with your family and just relishing in the gift that is the Lord Jesus for Christmas. Uh, I told you I had a couple of books that I wanted to give you guys. First of all, I will say this also, uh, I have a, a, a whole blog post and and every year we have more books that we add to our Christmas collection. And I just take them down at Christmas time and I, you know, they're up way up high in a shelf for the rest of the year. But at Christmas time, I pull them all down, put them in baskets around the house. So the grandkids now are kind of looking through my Christmas books and we read books to our kids. I told you we've particularly enjoyed the Christmas barn this year, but I'm going to give you guys a couple of other books to uh, look up and I'll link back to them in the show notes today. Uh, the first one's called The Candy Maker's Gift. And this one is by Helen and David Heidel. And it talks about the story of candy canes, right? Which have long been a symbol of Christmas. And we can find them usually the day after Halloween, of course. And then they go, you know, all the way through Christmas. Well, in this story, an old candy maker wants to teach local children the real meaning of Christmas. And so with the help of his granddaughter, he makes a new candy to tell him about Jesus. He flavors it with peppermint to remind the children of the spices the wise men brought to Jesus. Its hardness reminds them that Jesus is the rock from 1 Corinthians 10. And white symbolizes his sinless life. Its staff-like shape reminds them that he is the good shepherd. And while it's flipped upside down, you can see a J for Jesus. The stripes symbolize the cross and the wounds that he endured. They are painted red for the love of God and the blood he shed. Uh, John three sixteen. So all aspects combined, this sweet treat beautifully illustrates what Jesus did. And it's a story that's going to touch your heart. So that's called The Candy Maker's Gift. So check that out. Uh, if you guys, I mean, it's it's still Christmas Eve. You could probably just run out and find these, I would, I would imagine. Um, obviously, if you guys have never read The Best Christmas Pageant Ever by Barbara Robinson, this is a fun time to do it. Uh, this one... Uh, my my grandmother used to read it to me and my uh, siblings on Christmas when we were young. So it's kind of a fun little story. In the end, uh, the Herdmans, these, you know, kind of destructive, obnoxious, broken kids, uh, they open their hearts to Jesus. And if they can do it, then there's got to be hope for us. So you guys will love it. You'll laugh. You'll cry. It's a great one. Each emotion well worth it. That's the best Christmas pageant ever by Barbara Robinson. Of course, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. So you guys all know the song, right? Of course, How the Grinch Stole Christmas by none other than Dr. Seuss. This might be 
a really great book for this year. And if you don't have it in your Christmas books, uh, you should. Because in our self-focused world, the lesson of this story has never been more relevant. The Grinch lives a selfish, lonely existence and obsesses over everything that annoys him, right? Everything about Christmas. His hatred for the holiday hinders his joy. We talked about that yesterday in seeing other people just be happy. And so he decides to ruin Christmas and steal everyone in Whoville's Christmas decorations, presents, and even their food. But instead of feeling sorrow, the Whoville residents unite and begin to sing joyfully. Kind of like what's happening in the Rona right now, right? The Grinch ultimately fails, of course, because Christmas is not about things. It's about something more, something much more indeed. So uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, I actually do not like at all the um, Jim Carrey version. I love the old cartoon version. Love the music, the soundtrack from How the Grinch Stole Christmas. So such a great a great story. Another one that's at my house, and then I'll give you one more and I'll be done. Uh, the Three Trees. It's a folktale that's been uh, retold by Angela Hunt. And this is a powerful story. It'll bring tears to your eyes. It's a good reminder throughout the year, but its relation to the nativity story uh, makes this, I mean, you can you don't even have to put it in your Christmas books. Um, but it's a story about these three trees and they've got big dreams. One wants to be a treasure box. Another one wants to be made into a sailing ship. A third dreams of remaining planted and growing tall enough to reach heaven. But just like our lives, their dreams aren't always what God has planned for us. The first tree doesn't become a treasure box per se, but it ends up holding the greatest treasure of all when it becomes a manger, which cradles the newborn savior. Instead of a mighty ship, The second becomes a meager fishing boat that totes Jesus as he calms the waters in Matthew 8. And the third becomes the cross that bore Jesus at his death. So not only does this story teach us about Jesus, it reminds us that our dreams are always good in the hands of the Lord. This is a great story to read, particularly now after a year that we've all had. and reminds us out of Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, that he is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or even imagine. Uh, And then finally, this is the last one I think is a sweet one if you've got little ones, called The Cricket at the Manger by Edith Fine. If you've ever wondered what it'd be like to be a fly in the wall during Jesus' birth, this is a great story. A tiny cricket born in Bethlehem, tired of all the commotion from people coming to town to be counted in a census, decides he wants some rest. So it's kind of like a little take on the cricket in Times Square, but now you got a cricket at the manger. Very cute. Uh, The cricket is grumpy and ornery like a tired toddler. And he finds a quiet place in a shed. But as you guys can imagine, a a couple soon joins him and the young woman goes into labor. Animals and people from all around visit the tiny baby and the cricket's frustration grows when a shepherd girl picks him up for a better look at the newborn. And then he sees what everybody else has already seen. This baby is special. He's the one. And so the cricket tunes his rusty wings and plays a song for the child. It will be a challenge not to break into a smile reading the cricket's reaction to the newborn king. So that book again called The Cricket at the Manger by Edith Fine. So I hope that helps you guys. It's just to me, just so encouraging uh, to have good books at home to read. Obviously, you're going to read the Christmas story to your kids, but I want to read a story to you. So every year at Christmas here on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, I try to find some fun little short stories to read to you. Today is no different. I'm going to read a story to you today. So if you guys know 
anything about me, you know that I love all things Charlie Brown. And I found an article on GodUpdates.com, which I'll link to in the show notes today, called The Moment You Never Noticed in a Charlie Brown Christmas. Uh, a Charlie Brown Christmas debuted on national prime television December 9th, 1965. Can you guys believe it? So for a really long time, this amazing little animated show uh, has been a classic and people have been watching it for years. It's absolutely become a tradition at the St. John home. We always play it every year. And there's one moment to the show that went pretty much unnoticed, I think, for about 51 years. And that's kind of what this is about. So here's the article for you. I was in the first grade when they still perform Christmas pageants in schools, less than 50 years, but still a very long time ago. And our class performed a version of the Charlie Brown Christmas. Since I was kind of a bookworm and already had a blue blanket, I was chosen to play the part of Linus. As Linus, I memorized Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 14, and that scripture has been hidden in my heart ever since. But while working so diligently to learn those lines, there's one important thing I didn't notice then and didn't notice until now. Right in the middle of speaking, Linus drops the blanket. Do you guys remember this? Uh, Charlie Brown is best known for his uniquely striped shirt and Linus is most associated with his ever-present security blanket, right? So throughout the story of Peanuts, Lucy, Snoopy, Sally, all the others, they work to no avail to separate Linus from his blanket. And even though his security blanket remains a major source of ridicule for the otherwise mature and thoughtful Linus, he simply refuses to give it up. Until this moment when he simply drops it. In the climactic scene, when Linus shares what Christmas is all about, he drops his security blanket. And now I'm convinced that this is intentional. Most telling is the specific moment that he drops it when he utters the words, fear not. Looking at it now, it's pretty clear what Charles Schultz was saying. And it's so simple. It's brilliant. The birth of Jesus separates us from our fears. The birth of Jesus frees us from the habits that we were unable or unwilling to break ourselves. The birth of Jesus allows us to simply drop the false security that we've been grasping so tightly and learn to trust and cling to God instead. Right now, the world is a scary place, and most of us find ourselves grasping to something temporal for security, whatever that thing might be. And essentially, 2020, we live in a, in a world where it's very difficult for us to fear not, isn't it? We're in the middle of COVID. We're in the middle of the Rona. Fear is all around us. I told you, it reminds me of, uh, of Gollum, you know, and the mask is my precious, my precious. But in the middle of fear and insecurity, you guys go back and watch this with your kids because the sweet cartoon from 1965 continues to live on as an inspiration for us to seek true peace and true security in the one place it has always been and can still always be found. And it's uh, it's a precious thing to me as I've been talking to my kids. We're navigating all this stuff that's happening right now. The fear so thick you can cut it with a knife. It's palpable. We feel it, right? We're struggling under the weight of it. And yet God doesn't want us to be 
living our lives in fear. And so just like Linus dropped his blanket at the moment that he reads, fear not. I'm hoping that a whole bunch of us can leave the fear behind us and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you that our days have already been ordained for us. Thank you that we don't need to worry about tomorrow. Thank you that we can lean into you, that we can trust you, that your word is trustworthy. And that when you said that our days have been ordained for us, you meant it. And when you said you'd never leave us or forsake us, we can count on that promise to be true. And so I'm just going to encourage you guys. I'm going to kind of leave it there tonight. We'll sort of uh, come back tomorrow on Christmas Day and I'll read a story to you like I always do on Christmas Day. But I want to just encourage you tonight. In fact, I'm just going to end this particular podcast in a word of prayer and just say, you guys lean into the Lord. God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Fear not. Fear not. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that even though we don't know the exact day that you came, today's the day that we celebrate the night before your arrival. And Lord, I can just picture the dark skies. They weren't lit up by street lights or car lights or any of those things in the starry night that Mary and Joseph would have seen. The night that you sent, God, your beautiful son to the earth to be born as a baby, to experience what we experience and to die for our sin. Lord, he came to die. As we think about the birth of Christ, I pray, Lord, that that, the reason that he come wouldn't be lost that we would remember that he came because he knew we needed him. And Lord, we need you now more than we've ever needed you. God, I pray that your spirit would flood the earth tonight. That as we tuck our kids into bed tonight, as we read them stories of your coming, as we read them Christmas stories and we drink eggnog and we sit around our Christmas trees and as we thank you for all that you've done, Lord, I pray that we would thank you most of all that you came to die that you conquered death, that you set us free, that we don't have to live as slaves anymore, not slaves to sin, not slaves to fear, not slaves to fear of a virus or fear of the future. And I pray, Lord, that as we come into this precious day tomorrow, Lord, that you would strengthen our hearts, remind us that joy is a fruit of your spirit and that love has come, you came. Thank you for that, Lord. I pray your blessing on each one of the families that are listening to this today, that we be an encouragement to each other as we worship you, Lord, and we give you praise for everything that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great Christmas Eve, everybody, and I'll see you for a brief time here tomorrow as we read a Christmas story. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.